Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. One thing has been settling in my heart more and more in the last few days, and that is the strength of God in our hearts, the strength of God in our spirits. And I want to talk about regaining our light and our strength in the Lord. Over and over again, not just in the New Covenant, but in the Old Covenant, the word of the Lord encourages us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that is the desire of our Heavenly Father. Paul prays for the Ephesian church. And he, do, he doesn't ask for many things or travail things or what he asks for is very central to the strength of God being poured out in our inner man. In Ephesians chapter 3, he prays and he says, I am praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you to be strengthened with might, with power in your inner man. God is concerned about our inner man more than anything else in our lives. That's where his concern is. He wants to clothe us with the strength of God. Why? Because, he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And therefore, he encourages us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, putting on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand, stand against the wiles of the devil. The enemy will not rest, especially for those who are walking in the center of God's will, those who have committed themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, those who are walking close to the heart of God, they become the target of satanic attack. He wants to discourage us. He wants to distract us from following and pursuing the Lord. He wants to sidetrack us by various other things, other desires. And therefore, it is vitally important that we keep a strong spirit, that we maintain a strong spirit. The Word of God says concerning John the Baptist that he continued to grow and he became strong in the spirit. That is why he had such a fiery ministry and he might not have done a notable miracle or raised anyone from the dead. He was able to raise a nation, preparing them for the coming of the Lord Jesus. 
He was the one that was sent before the face of the Lord, preparing his way before him. He made people ready to be able to receive and embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and the message of the kingdom that he was bringing in that day. And I believe in our day, there has never been a time before such as this one where we need to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord, for the presence of the Lord. We need to stir up ourselves so that we may take hold of God and the things that God has prepared for us for this hour, for this day. And remember that the days that we are living in are days of evil. Paul writing to Timothy, he says, Know this, my son Timothy, that in the last days perilous times will come. The word perilous means dangerous, hard to bear, hard to endure. Why? Because men will become lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Selfishness will abound. Sin will abound. And because sin will abound, the love of many, Jesus said, will grow cold. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about the Christians. He's talking about the church. Because of the abundance of iniquity, the love of many believers will grow cold. That is why it's important not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together, not to neglect our spiritual disciplines, but to make every effort, according to the Word of God, to enter into the place of rest and faith in God, so that He may be able to do and accomplish all that He has promised in our day. The Word of God says we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which He has prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. God has prepared good works for you and I. God has prepared wonderful things because we love Him. And we need to know what those things are, what those works are, so that we could walk in them. And by walking in those good works, we bring glory and honor to our Heavenly Father. That is why Jesus said, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God wants the light of His glory and presence to shine brighter and brighter and brighter upon the church. We are living in such days where Isaiah prophetically spoke of the days that we are living in now. Isaiah chapter 60, he says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Is not going to. He has already risen upon us. And he goes on to say, Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people of the earth. But the Lord will arise over the church and his glory shall be seen in us. The condition is arise. Arise. Awake, O arm of the Lord, and put on strength. There must come a spiritual awakening before the glory of the Lord descends upon us. 
And each one of us is responsible to awaken spiritually, to press into God's presence, to stir himself or herself up and take hold of God and of the things of God and the things of the Spirit so that we can experience not only the goodness of the Lord, but the miraculous power that will flow from us to those around us. This is the day, folks. This is the hour. It is the hour, and there's a prophetic call going out to the church today, this very hour, saying, Awake, awake, arise. Whenever, whenever the scripture speaks of being awakened or arising, it speaks of prayer. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. There are things that we can do that will strengthen our spirits, and there are things that we neglect to do that will weaken our spirits, and when our spirits are weak, we cannot stand before our enemies. We are overcome. We are defeated. We are anxious. We are fearful. We are worrisome. We worry about things that might never happen. Why? Because there is weakness in our spirits and God wants to strengthen our inner man and infuse our inner man with such strength where we are able to resist those things and live above them. Amen. This is the day that God is calling us to a spiritual awakening. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that only an outpouring of God's Spirit will bring an awakening to the church, an awakening to our spirits, a restoration to our souls, that we will be able to walk with God on a higher level than we've ever done so before. Only an outpouring of God's Spirit. And that outpouring is not just going to happen. And it's not just going to fall on us like ripe fruit off of a tree. The word of the Lord declares that we are to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. The word of the Lord declares that we would, that we should humble ourselves before God so that he may be able to lift us up in due time. The word of the Lord encourages us to stir up ourselves and the gift of God within us and take hold of God. It's not just going to happen, folks. We need to make it happen. We are responsible for bringing that outpouring of his Holy Spirit upon us. And the only way we're going to do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not of him who wills in the flesh. It's not of him who runs in the flesh. But it's of God who shows mercy and grace. I know there are times in my own life where sovereignly God stirred up my heart and I prayed more fervently than, than ever before. But most of the times, it doesn't happen that way. I have to stir myself up in the Lord. I need to press into God's presence. I need to get into a place where I am prepared for the Lord to minister to me and to reveal His face and His will. It's not just going to happen. 
The word of the Lord says in Jeremiah 29, And you will seek me and find me when you will seek me with all of your heart. God wants your heart. Not just part of it, but all of it. God wants you to seek him fervently, passionately. Not in a measure, but all in. Lord, I'm all in. I hunger for you. I thirst for you. If you read the, the book of Psalms and you see the hunger and the thirst that David had for the Lord, he said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after thee, O God. I long to see your power and your glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. There was a thirst, there was a longing, there was a desire that was passionate, seeking the face of the Lord. Now, when, when an individual becomes that way and he presses into the presence of God, God begins to pour out his grace, his spirit, his wisdom, his revelation, his healing, his restoration upon us. But only when we become desperate for his presence. The key word is desperation. And I believe the question that the Lord is asking all of us today is, how much of me do you really want? How desperate are you for my presence? How much of my spirit do you really want? Because we can have as much of God as we want to. God is not going to force himself on us. God is not going to take you where you do not want to go. He's not going to lead you somewhere where you're not interested to be led. He wants willing vessels, flexible vessels, sold out for God, saying, Here I am, Lord. I am ready at your bidding, at your commandment. God is looking for people whose hearts are loyal to him. That's what the scripture says. In fact, the word of the Lord says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he's looking for something. He's looking for people. What kind of people? Whose hearts are loyal to him, are faithful to him, whose hearts are passionately in love with him. They want God or nothing else. Someone once prayed this prayer, and I've made it my prayer many years ago. He said, God, give me God or nothing. May I have an understanding that I may come to know you, to understand you. How may I come to enjoy you? Or would I never have an understanding to know anything? That's the kind of passion that the Lord desires from his people. A bride that is passionately in love with him because the bridegroom is coming and he's coming sooner than we expect. Are we ready? Are we ready to meet our bridegroom? Or are we like the foolish virgins who fell asleep? They had no oil in the lamp. Oil represents the anointing. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Oil represents the passion for God and the desire to see God and to see Him at work in our lives. Amen. This is the type of people that God... This is the type of people that I long to see waking up in my spiritual family, taking hold of God and of the things of God and making things happen where you are. 
And things do happen because you are there. And because you are there, God is there. But God is so alive in you and he's so strong in you that things begin to happen simply because you are there. And you begin to shake that sphere of influence with your prayers, with your fasting. And you begin to knock on the door of God's grace. God doesn't want us to remain indifferent. He doesn't want us to remain lukewarm. He says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For he who asks receives. And he who knocks the door will be opened. And he who seeks will find. There's nothing cold and nothing indifferent about that person. He's diligently seeking the face of God and beseeching and pressing in and wrestling with principalities and powers that blind the people and their minds and, and, and does not allow them to see the light of the glorious gospel. Who's going to step in and rescue them? If the arm of the Lord is asleep and if the church is asleep, who's going to intercede for them? Who's going to stand in the gap on their behalf? The word of the Lord says, I sought for a man who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap on the behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. What a tragedy. In your sphere of influence, in your family, God is looking for someone that will stir himself up and take hold of God for family members for friends, for neighbors, and begin to shake that place through our prayers and through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Things will happen because you made them happen. I recall many years ago, I was just a, an ordinary believer going to church every Sunday, never missing church, never missing fellowship, staying faithful in prayer, and I'm sitting in church one day and my heart goes out to my country fellow men. And I say to myself, what am I doing here while my people are perishing? And the burden of the Lord came upon my soul for my Greek country fellow men. And I began to give myself to prayer day in and day out. I would pray, I would seek, I would ask, I would knock on the door of God's grace. Oftentimes with tears as the grace of God enabled me. Oftentimes with fasting, I would open the Bible, I would pray the prayers in there. And before I realized what had happened... God opened the door and I was able to minister the gospel to every single person in my community. Things began to happen because I was there and I exercised my faith and I exercised my right in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I began to seek the Lord and seek his face so that I could have something to give to my country fellow men. And some of them got saved. Praise God. They were born again and they were baptized then they went on to serve the Lord. Some of them remained, some of them fell off later on. But when I left that town, my conscience was clear. And from the blood of every single one of them, 
because I did not refrain or restrain myself from preaching the entire gospel to my Greek community within Zimbabwe. From city to city I went, Mazvingo, Bulawayo, Harare, Gweru, wherever there was a, a group of Greek people, I was there preaching the gospel amidst fierce persecution and reviling. What was it that caused me to go and I would not be afraid of the bishop's threats or of excommunication? It was the fire that God put in my spirit. And that fire came as a result of interceding and praying daily on the behalf of my Greek country fellow men. I wanted to see them saved at any cost. Folks, we have a responsibility the word of the Lord says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman. You will hear a word from me and you will declare it to them whether they hear, whether they don't hear. And if I say to the wicked, wicked, you will die. And you do not speak to the wicked to save him from death. His blood will I require at your hand. But if you speak and give him warning and share the good news with him, and he refuses to listen, then the blood will be upon his head. But you have cleansed your hands from that responsibility. Now that's going to come through prayer, folks. Not just mealy-mouth prayers. I'm talking about prayers that shake earth and move heaven on our behalf. I'm talking about desperate prayers. I'm talking about prayers with fasting. And that's what I'm talking about. The glory of God will come and, and fill our hearts and our souls. And the light of God will emanate from our lives. Psalm David said to the Lord, You will light my lamp, Lord. He's the one who lights our spirits and lights our lives. He said, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you, O Lord, I can run against the troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. When there is strength in your spirit, you can leap over any obstacle. When you kneel before God, you can stand before any storm. I don't care how big that storm is. You will stand and stand strong because there is the strength of God in your inner man. The word of the Lord says it is the strong spirit of a man that sustains him in trouble and sickness. But a wounded spirit, a broken spirit, who can bear? When I look at the church today and I see the, the woundedness, the brokenness of our spirits. When I see the disappointment, the oppression, the depression and the weakness within the heart of the church. My spirit weeps and mourns before God. And I say, God, pour out your strength and strengthen your people. Light our candles, O Lord. Light our spirits with the glory and the light and the fire of God. For when we are on fire, the enemy will see us and run. When they strengthen our spirits, the enemy knows it. You look at David. Everybody else was cowering, including the king. This giant stood before the armies of the living God for 40 days, ridiculed them, 
embarrass them, shame them, blaspheme them and blaspheme their God. And they were cowering in the, in, in the caves. No one dared to come out and face him. Why? Because there was no anointing. There was no strength in their spirits. There was no courage. They were afraid. They were intimidated by Goliath. Until a young boy shows up on the scene, 16, 17 years old, not older than that. But David, he was strong in spirit. You know why? Because he was fellowshipping in the desert with the Lord. While he was taking care of the sheep and the goats, he was worshipping God. He was praising God. He was seeking the face of God. And God anointed him. And there was strength and there was courage. And there was power within his spirit and within his words. And he put them all to shame. And he said, who is this Philistine that threatens? Who is this uncircumcised one that threatens and embarrasses the armies of the living God? I will go king and I will fight him for you. And I will take his head off of his shoulders today. That wasn't David speaking. That was his faith in God speaking. He came fresh out of the presence of God and out of the glory of God. And that's what happens to your spirit when you spend time fellowshipping with God, when you spend time praying in the spirit, when you spend time meditating the word, studying the word, you come out of the Lord's presence and you are strong in might. You are strong in your inner man and you're able to face whatever the enemy throws at you. But the word of the Lord says, if you falter and if you faint in the days of adversity, your strength is small. Today, the enemy doesn't take much for us to put us down. All he has to do is just blow. And we all over the place. We are swinging all over the place. We are here and we are there. We are up and down, in and out, hot and cold. There's no consistency in our hearts. Why? Because of the cares of this life, because of the weakness in our spirits. Listen, nothing from the outside that comes against you can defeat you. What defeats us in life is the weakness in our spirit man, in our inner man. We're not taking care of our inner man. The word of the Lord says, they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? They shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Why? Because they've taken the time to wait on the Lord, to worship the Lord, to minister to the Lord, to listen to the Lord, because they considered it important to wait on God. Michael just confirmed my message when he read that, that verse from, the, from Psalms. He said, wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Most of the prayer requests that we receive today are requests because the, because the people of God are not, are not able to stand strong in the face of the enemy. We cower, we run and we hide. But David, the Bible says, David ran towards Goliath. When there is strength in your spirit, you don't run from trouble. You run to trouble. You don't hide. You come out guns blazing with your faith. And you tell the devil exactly what you think of him. And you tell the devil who you are, who God made you to be, and what you're going to do to him. 
David said, today, I'm going to take your head off of your shoulders. This day, not tomorrow, this day. And I will feed your carcass to the beasts of the field so that everyone may know there is a God in Israel. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. The enemy comes with fear today. He comes with anxiety, with worldly weapons. He comes with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things. He comes with temptations. But we come against him in the name of the Lord of hosts. And when there's power in your spirit, there will be power in your words. Are you listening to me? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If our hearts are full of faith, it will come out of our mouths and will pierce the enemy. That is why Paul says, take unto you the whole armor of God. And one of the offensive weapons is take unto you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Most of us know very little about praying in the Spirit. Most of us don't even exercise our prayer language. It's time to change and begin to press into the presence of God until you hear from Him, until He gives you solutions and wisdom for whatever you're facing. I don't care what your challenge is. God is bigger than your challenge. Amen. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than your crisis. Whatever that crisis may be, whatever that illness might be, whatever that discouragement might be, God is greater and God is bigger because greater is He that is in you. All He needs to do is wake up. Don't put Him to sleep. Wake Him up. Hello? Stir up the gift of God within you, Paul said to Timothy. Timothy, my son, Stir up the gift of God within you. You stir it up. Amen. You stir it up. There's a, there's a verse in the book of Psalms that says, Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Where is God? God is in you. You need to arise him. Just like the disciples did. The word of the Lord said that he was asleep on the boat and the storm was overwhelming them and they feared for their lives. So they went and shook him. Lord, Lord, wake up. Well, the spirit of God needs to rise up within us and take hold of the things of God. And one of the ways that we stir up the word of God, the spirit of God, the gift of God is by praying in other tongues. Amen. We stir him up with prayer. We stir him up with the word. We stir him up by fellowshipping with one another. That is why the word of the Lord says, Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but encourage one another as the day approaches. Spur one another. Encourage one another. And when you begin to seek the face of God, He's going to give you creative ideas. He's going to show you how to encourage not just yourself, but your brethren. And it's going to make you forget yourself and put your focus on the Lord and on the kingdom business. Hello. Amen. 
That's what the Lord will do for us. I'm talking about regaining our light and regaining our strength in the Lord. Paul writing to Timothy, he says, My son Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Strengthen yourself in the grace of God. And so you may be able to leap over a wall, to climb over obstacles, and to put the enemy in his place. <laughs> Lord, help us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I trust that I am uh, I'm shaking some hearts today out of slothfulness, out of spiritual laziness, where we become serious with the things of God. You know, the other day the Lord said to me, He said, Son, do you know why so many pastors are discouraged? I said, Why, Lord? He said, Because their focus is in the wrong place. I said, What do you mean, Lord? He said, Well, the focus is on people. They're counting numbers. They look at people. They see disappointment all around them. Instead of focusing on me and looking unto me, who is the author and the finisher of the faith, no one who looks to me will be ashamed. He says, stop looking down, look up, stop looking at the people, look up, look at me, hear my words, receive my encouragement, receive my promises. Amen. You will never be discouraged looking unto the Lord. In fact, the Bible says those who put their trust in Him will never be ashamed. Amen. Never be ashamed. No one who comes to the Lord with a sincere and humble heart will ever be disappointed. No one. God has never disappointed anyone so far. And let me tell you something else. God is never disappointed with you. No matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you sin, no matter how many times you, 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 you err, you make mistakes, He's never ever disappointed with you. He will continue to pursue you. He will continue to love you. He will continue to reveal His goodness to you because it is the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance, the Bible says. He will always be good to you. Always be kind to you. Always. Never be disappointed. Some people are so ashamed, they think that God is angry with them. They think that God is upset. They think that God is disappointed. But I have good news for you today. God is never disappointed with you. No matter where you've been, no matter how many mistakes you made, no matter how many times you fell, God is never and will never be disappointed with you. He loves you too much. His love will endure any disappointment. His love and His grace is greater than your sin and your shortcomings. He will pursue you. He will love you. He will shower you with His goodness and His kindness until you see the goodness of the Lord and you turn. Because it is the revelation of the goodness of the Lord that leads a person to repentance. I recall the day when I repented. It was the goodness and the loving kindness of the Lord 
that enabled me to rise and turn from my wicked ways. It was when I saw how much God loved me. It was when I saw how much Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And that was not just a head knowledge, it became a heart knowledge. And when I saw the love and the goodness and the kindness of God, my heart broke and I knelt before God and I said, Oh God, forgive me, I repent, I turn from my sin and I never looked back. 42 years ago. The goodness of the Lord. The kindness of the Lord. Amen. And that's what enables us to turn. And when we begin to seek Him and seek Him fervently and passionately, God begins to show you His plans, His thoughts, and His ways. In fact, Jesus said, the Spirit, when He comes, He will show you things to come. Listen, folks, God does not want you to walk in ignorance. God wants you to, God, I believe God wants to light your path that it becomes so bright that you cannot miss it unless you want to. The Bible says that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come concerning your life, concerning your future, concerning your children. When you seek Him and seek Him fervently, you will see things that are to come. Why? So that you can be ready and be prepared for them. And he doesn't want you to walk in darkness or in confusion or is it, should I do this, shouldn't I do this? Should I go there, shouldn't I go there? No, he wants to light your path so bright that you know exactly where you're going. You know exactly what you are to do. Amen. Because he lights your path. And according to the word of God in Psalm 18 verse 28, the psalmist said, you will light my lamp. The lamp is your spirit. Amen. And you will learn to follow your spirit rather than your flesh. I want to commit you to God and to his word before I leave. Paul the apostle says, in leaving the Ephesians, he said to them, Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up able to encourage you, able to enlighten you, able to strengthen you, able to, to do all that you will ever need. Amen. And then give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So what God does, He builds us up first and then He gives us. Amen. So I want to encourage you, stir up yourself. Stir up yourself this week. Go to the Lord and say, just be honest and sincere with him and say, Lord, I'm in and out, I'm up and down. Now I'm hot, now I'm cold. Now I'm depressed, now I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I'm tired of this inconsistency. I want to be consistently with you. I want to live and walk in your presence. I want to take on the journey with you. And I want to climb the highest mountain in the Spirit with you, Lord. Help me. Forgive my indifference. Forgive my lukewarmness. Forgive my slothfulness and laziness. I should have been studying, yet I have been doing something else. I should have been in prayer, yet I've given myself to something else. I repent. I come back to you, O Lord. Strengthen my spirit. Strengthen my heart. Strengthen my prayer, Lord. 
that I may make a difference where you've planted me. Amen? God wants to make a difference where you are, and he wants to do it through you, my brother, my sister. For you will light my lamp, Lord. Let this be a prophetic statement. Say to the Lord, you will light my lamp, O Lord. You, the Lord my God, will enlighten my darkness so that I no longer walk in fear and confusion and darkness. For by you, O Lord, I can run against a troop. And by you, O Lord, I can leap over a wall because you have strengthened my spirit, man. You have fortified me with strength by your spirit. And I will stand according to your word. Stand, therefore, the word of God says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so will the Lord do exploits through you because you've come to know him intimately and you love him passionately. Amen. I'm going to pray with you and for you and leave you with these words as you mull over them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. Your word says, Lord, you make your ministers a flame of fire. And I pray that you will lighten our lamps, you will lighten our spirits. You will make every child of yours within the sound of my voice a flame of fire, dear God. That you will light our lamps, that you will light our hearts so much that the light of your glory will emanate from us. And so that nations may come to the rising of our brightness. Bless us with wisdom as we go about our daily work, we pray. Help us to be the voice, the voice of salvation to those around us. Help us to be the voice of encouragement to those who are discouraged. Help us to bring an awakening to those who are asleep. Help us to give them warning in the love of God, to reprove, to rebuke, and to exhort with all long suffering. Be, help us to be patient with those who are weak, with those who are falling, to be compassionate, to have empathy in our hearts, O oh Lord, and love and compassion towards the lost. We ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for doing a brand new work in our spirits, a work that will bring glory and honor to your precious name. And we ask this in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.